Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Apollo Audio Podcast. Welcome to the Apollo Audio Podcast. Uh, we are in Apollo Audio Hartford, as always, here to discuss the Rolling Stone magazine 500 best albums of all time. Two albums at a time. And here with me, as always, my special friends. That sounds, that's, that sounds like I've made you wrong. My special friends, Billy Hills, Hello. Miles Mitchell. Good more afternoon. Good more oh. afternoon. Whenever you're listening, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. have a good day whenever yes. you're listening. And me, Martin Lumsden, your convivial host. What's Co-host. What's, what's that mean? Convivial. convivial. That's, oh, that's a good one. That's a good question. I don't know. I think it, <laughs> it's a good, good thing. Yeah. Excellent. Handsome. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good word. Yeah. Extraordinary. I found a new word, asinine. Oh, oh that, that is mean? a good word. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stupid yeah. or foolish. Yeah. Oh, nice. What's your It's the sort of stuff that we say about the albums. Most <laughs> yeah, of that's yeah, asinine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I heard it on a thing and I was like, I like that word. I Googled it. I had a present one from somebody, which was a new word every day, which I yeah. might I might try and dig out. It's quite yeah. a good little thing yeah, to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you nice. walk in like a dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a word of the day toilet paper they used to sell as kind of uh, novelty gifts at Christmas. That's yeah. a good idea. So a, a, a different word on every sheet of toilet paper. Nice. That's good. You could learn a word and then... Dispose, Dispose of it. Of it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what to say there. <laughs> uh, so, cracking on this week with our two albums of the week. Uh, this week we had Fiona Apple, Extraordinary Machine, uh, number 444 on the list, and Eric B and Rakim paid in full at number 61. So, 61. in time honoured fashion, the one nearest the bottom of the list first, which is Fiona Apple's Extraordinary Machine, uh, number 444, released on 4th of October 2005. So, what, that's 17 years ago. Oh, can I guess the film? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go back to October 2005. The number one movie was Miles Matrix. It was not no, Matrix. 1999. Yeah, that was that was that was much earlier. I thought it was 05. I thought oh, was it Batman Begins? That's two thousand five. Well, not at the, it might have been the number one of the year, but the number one in October. Yeah, was you like this? Yeah. Wallace and Gromit: The Curse of the Werewolf. Two thousand five. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> what you thought it was later? Yeah, mm. uh, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, second one, the first as well. one. Uh, you know, or second one. Like no, that might be about two thirds. Yeah, that's probably about. You're probably more in the ballpark. No, then. but I think I was seeing the first yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number one movie, Wallace and Gromit. Number one album was Piece by Piece by Katie Mellower. What? She had a number one album. She's had several, I think. I mean, I'm a fan, but I just thought she was just a Radio Two artist. Just I've met really... Katie Mellower. Is she nice? <laughs> uh, yeah, she's lovely. I was at an event and uh, I was uh, just sitting, waiting for this Q and A thing to to happen, and I turned to my left and went. Bloody hell, it was Katie Miller. What'd you and, say then what? and then what? <laughs> I didn't say I said that to myself. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been did rude. She, did she not say, that's the convival marks in luck? Convival. She didn't say it, she was thinking it. Yeah. yeah. I could tell. Uh, the number one single, October 2005, was Push the Button by the Sugar Babes. Shane. Which version of the Sugar Babes? That is a great song. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, if you're ready for me, boy. Can you remember the uh, production? What's the name of the production company for the Sugar Babes? They had huge numbers of hits for uh, Sugar Babes and Girls Aloud. Ah, uh, never mind. 
<laughs> I did that bit out. <laughs> Just me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I sound ignorant. <laughs> so, uh, October 2005, uh, first publication of Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. I was lost interest. I was trying to find it for you. I can't find it. Saddam Hussein goes on, it's called X something. Oh, X. Oh, they were there. Xenomania. Xenomania. There you go. I haven't heard of them. Are they a Xenomania? You've not heard of Xenomania? No. Oh, check them out. Huge numbers of um, amazing hits from Xenomania production team. Uh, Saddam Hussein goes on trial in Baghdad for crimes against humanity. It's quite quite big. October the 3rd, Ronnie Barker, English comedian, died at the age of 76. Ronnie Barker from, you know, Two Ronnies? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Porridge, of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, on October the 24th, Rosa Parks, the American civil rights activist who refused to give up her seat on a bus to a white passenger, died of natural causes at the age of 92. Wow. Uh, amazing lady. Mm. Um, that was October 2005, The Time of Extraordinary Machine by Fiona Apple. Rolling Stone said of this album, after cutting a pristine chamber pop version of her third album with John Bryan, her collaborator on previous album, When the Pawn, which actually the the full title of that album would take me about a week to read. Uh, Fiona Apple's label demanded revisions show she recorded almost the whole thing with Dr. Dre Sideman, Mike Elizondo and Beatles aficionado Brian Cahew. The changes and attendant delays spurred protests from fans but the end result was hardly a compromise. Extraordinary Machine is a complex, versatile breakup record with Apple playing the corny-esque piano lines over skipping rhythms on melodically rich, lyrically thorny songs like O Sailor and Better Version of Me you try squeezing the word stentorian into hooks, you can sing it karaoke. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Extraordinary Machine Facts, third album uh, from Fiona Apple, this one. For the official release, it was extensively reworked. Uh, guys, what do you think? Fiona Apple, Extraordinary Machine. I think it's the most original album I've heard so far on this list. I don't really think I've heard anything like that. Mm. I know what you mean. Um, it took me a while to get into it, but... I did appreciate it after a while. It felt a bit musical, like a bit like something was like the, the West first End. song was yeah. like a musical. I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is like, going to be a I, long hour." Yeah, <laughs> the first song. I was like, "Oh, yeah." I literally, I was thinking, like, how do you write, go about writing something like this? Is, is it written on the piano? Because there's so much instrumentation that you wouldn't have in like a band. Mm. And like, how do you go about writing that? I think it's, it's piano based as you get more. She's into a the album. she's a pianist primarily. Yeah. Yep. Um, originality was the word like like sprung out of me, and her melodies were quite interesting. It's. For would you say she's pop? I don't know what it is. I don't know what I don't know what genre of this. I'm not sure that there are sort of hit singles. Into. Yeah, um, not hit singles. There are singles, but not yeah. hit singles. I th- pri- primarily, her first album, I think. Uh, I think we mentioned this as we were leaving last week. She had a big hit called Criminal, which was her sort of breakthrough single, yeah. which was probably sort of the MTV I'm a pop thing. I think yeah. she then kind of forged her own path after that. What do you think? I'm the same with you. I, I mean, I'd never heard of her, but I couldn't believe how eclectic it was, right? Yeah. For the, so that opening song, I just thought, you know, oh God, you know, yeah. musical sort of vibe. <laughs> but then soon after that, in fact, I just wrote it down to remember, oh yeah, then it went to like some sort of like, not hip hoppy groove, but some groovy where she yeah. was like syncopating the yeah. top line. And I was like, that's quite interesting. Yeah. And then there was like a piano ballad and then like a big tune with like brass instrument- instrumentation. Yeah. I thought, I don't know if ever we're going to come up with the answer on this pod about what we're looking for from an album. But I think she's definitely given the other side of the coin, which is like, this is me and all my capabilities from across of, like I said, there was a sort of through line. Her vocal was, you know, it's obviously the same singer on each song, but Mm. I suppose like Billy, it was the originality of like, and the experimentation, which actually I read a pitchfork review 
and they weren't as impressed and they were impressed with her albums before that. But I was like, yeah, after everything we've reviewed, I thought, wow, this is a bit of like, there's something for everybody surely on here. She's kind of gone. It's, it's, you know, Different, 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 eclectic, yeah. eclectic, eclectic album. Yeah, it I enjoyed it. It wasn't really my cup of tea, but I, I did appreciate it for what it was. It, uh, she could sing her as well. Yeah, it's good. Um, I thought it was like an album written by like session musicians. Like everyone was like out of the game with like the weird chords. Oh, with a bit <laughs> of timings. Or a bit um, of self-indulgent. Yeah, like that, a little bit. Maybe. And it's maybe a little bit too long on some of them, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. It was interesting, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't and, like... But a, like you said, I think they're loads of different types of songs, but it still sounded like a full album didn't sound yeah. like yeah yeah no through line in it was but there. it was but it was it was different enough to keep it interesting I yeah, thought like definitely. it was yeah what about you Martin you enjoy it uh, yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> briefly uh, yeah I wondered it's, it's been, yeah, it's been, yeah, I was going to say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I knew I'd said that as well I thought am I going to am I going to get colored yeah, for, the, for this from me. <laughs> am I going to get colored for this straight away um yeah, it's interesting. I wasn't quite sure what you guys were going to think of it. I thought this, this could go one of two ways. It could be the sort of that I hated this kind of way too off the wall or something version of that. But interestingly, all the things that you've said are all the things that I thought as well, which was the this is it's really eclectic. I think it's the most original in the sense that it's hard to kind of put it in a box yeah. um, versus all the other ones that we've that we've had so far. I thought this is this is definitely. Like, for want of a better word, this is the most interesting album Definitely. that we've had uh, on the list. Like, like uh, says, what genre would you say it is? What genre would you say it is? Yeah, is it commercial. And, and I, I don't and know. And you know, and I thought, wow, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind yeah. of excited about this. I can imagine like Muso's lover, if you're like properly into that. I think that like, there might be something like like that. Yeah, but um, she's got a fairly commercial voice. Like you know, yeah. there's 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 other sing, singer songwriters out there who I suppose what it was because I hadn't heard of her. I just thought it was going to be. Though the music was quite quirky, yeah. I thought her vocal was going to be really quirky. Yeah, but but yeah. you can kind of put it in the lane. You could see it going into the, and you might, might know the answer, Martin, to like commercial music. Yeah. Like you yeah. said about MTV. And, and she had done stuff like on MTV and things. And you think, yeah, and, and she's, you know, she's going to work as a as a video artist, if you, yeah. if, you, if you know what I mean. Like the sort of presentation of these songs and video stories, that's, that's going to work because of the genre that she's in. You're not going to, not everything on this would work as a, I mean, I'm going back to the days when MTV was a music video station, but that sort of music video rotation thing, like I'm just yeah. watching music videos after music videos, you can say, yeah, Fiona Apple's going to fit in there. Yeah. No problem at all. Almost <laughs> no matter how sort of quirky these uh, songs get. And I think because it's so quirky, it doesn't really sound like it's from like any time period. No. It sound like it's from 2005. It could have been could like last like, year. Yeah, I yeah. thought that as well. It could have yeah. literally been last year. I think you're right. This, musically, it's quite adventurous. Very. But in the, in the core of that, the melodies are a little quirky, but they're still pop. Pop. And mm. they're quite they're quite easy to grab hold of. Mm. You know, you can kind of sing along with them. They're not sort of all over the place kind of. You know, no, do you know what right. I mean? It's kind of yeah. these, these are still sort of like I think Billy, you said some of the tracks seem a little slightly overlong in places, yeah. but they're still sort of classically formed little pop songs. Yeah, largely speaking, I thought it's a pretty brave decision to start the album with "Extraordinary Machine" yeah. because of the structure of it. I was like, where where else on? I don't remember hearing. There's a xylophone. At yeah, the start, a yeah. xylophone at the start of that, and a bassoon. Yeah, in that in that first track. Yeah. And I think that you guys mentioned musical. I thought exactly the same. This sounds like it could be a track from a musical. Yeah. yeah. And the timelessness of it as well could be from a musical from yeah. last year yeah. or from the 1940s, yeah. maybe as well. 
got that sort of vibe. But yeah, xylophone, bassoon, wind chimes, all on that it first track. It was a strange track. one to open with, you're right. Mm. And track two felt more like a traditional opener, Yeah, maybe. Um, but the track two, if I had any sort of thing about track two, it kind of just disappeared into nothingness in the end it kind of went it doesn't really know how to finish but as, <laughs> as an album overall <laughs> the uh, drama yeah. keeps trying to finish yeah. it no one's carrying it was like, it's like are, we, are we done did, yeah. it did feel a little bit like we don't really know how <laughs> I to know finish I know what you this. mean it did um, in fact to the extent it is track two isn't it that I thought I thought the album had stopped or something was going on because it's got about 20 odd seconds of just yeah. um, that sort of needle noise <laughs> yeah. on yeah. the end of it again strange decision yeah. <laughs> Keep that in. Well, is it there? No, I like, I like, I like that. Um, but yeah, all of that sort of quirkiness of it, I really liked. I did. I, I just thought I'd share with you that I thought, <laughs> even though I knew the name of it wasn't this, when I first heard it, I thought track three was called, I thought she was singing Oh Santa. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Oh no, it's Oh Sailors. It's Oh Sailors. Why is she singing Oh Santa? <laughs> Still works. October, yeah. <laughs> I've gone back to this probably three or four times already just like stuck it on again because i'm like i want to listen to that again because i just found it really interesting yeah sort of inspiring uh i hadn't really noticed the uh the beatles references in that rolling stone uh, oh yeah, that's interesting yeah. but i did think this is i had a thought that was kind of if if the beatles had done this in 1969 this sort of experimentation that was the sort of thing that people were wetting themselves over yeah, yeah. you know these guys are geniuses yeah <laughs> look what they've done with the yeah. traditional music uh, the traditional pop music format I thought, yeah, there's there's some of that going on. Isn't I'd be there? I'd be really interested to see uh, her fans, uh, like in terms of who they are. Yeah, you, I couldn't even tell. I couldn't even take a stab in the dark. I'd say middle aged mums, yeah. or <laughs> I wouldn't even know where who's yeah. into this sort of music. Like we yeah. are, but Martin might may if you've gone back. I don't know if I'll go and see her live. I'm saying yeah. she must have some diehard fans. She's been going for a while. I'd yeah. love to know. Who they are? It's quite. She started, really, she, started, she started really young, though. Her first album, I think she was nineteen. Um, first album release. So you know, it's been she's been around for a while. I'm not even sure. She's probably is she even forty yet? I'm not sure. It's just on all these albums. What are we on? Like sixteen or something now that we've done. That is yeah. definitely like you say. I suppose original and yeah. just, but with originality, I suppose comes like niche as well. Yeah. And I just think. You know, on all the other artists, you can picture what the crowd would look like at yeah. their headline show. Yeah. Had no idea yeah. who's who, who's yeah. who would be into this. It's it's so it's such a niche bit of music. But it's clearly working for us. She's yeah. still doing it. Well, 20, to put it in perspective, we've had albums that have sold thirty million plus copies. Mm. Yeah. Just knowing one off the top of my head, thirty million plus copies. This is a million seller. Well, um, right. So you know, it's not across the board. Uh, everyone loves this commercial type of album. I'm not going to say it's not successful. A million, a million copies is not to be sniffed at. Uh, but so we've had, we've had um, <coughs> records on this list already that have sold massively uh, more than that. But equally, this it, she's got three albums on this list, and this is the one lowest down. There are two albums from Fiona Apple which are higher up the list on this. Better. They are uh, higher numbers. Yes, <laughs> they are nearer the top. So worse albums according. No. To- Higher, they're, nearer higher the, they're nearer the top of the list. <laughs> you know, you know, how we say the top of the chart. Have you heard that? Phrase? Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's but the top you of the said chart. higher numbers, but yeah, actually, that's what I mean. yeah, high, higher up. I said higher up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can't, believe, can't believe I'm confusing this game. <laughs> so that are at least in. Let's put it another way. At least in relation to how they fit into this list, the other two albums 
of God are better regarded, be- be- are right. more highly regarded than this right, one is. Okay. So in that sense, you kind of go, oh yeah, we really like this one. There are two more Fiona Apple albums that so she's got supposedly three, better three in the top five. Well, even the, even more interesting than that, what I found, yeah, she's got three more albums. She's only at this point she'd only released four. So out of four albums, three of them are in the top five hundred. And as I said already, this list was compiled before she released her fifth album. And it was regarded as the best album that year. So I suspect if they ran this list again, you'd get out of five albums that she'd released, four of them would be on this list. All from an artist I've never heard of. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's pretty impressive. Definitely. Uh, But as you said, I mean, I I also read a a review, it wasn't in Pitchfork, this was from the Tampa Bay Times, with a playfulness and a penchant good word uh, for odd sounds and instruments that channel the spirit of Brian Wilson's smile uh, these first songs since 1999 make Nora Jones Joss Stone Alicia Keys and other pretenders sound like American Idol rejects Ooh. <laughs> Uh, Entertainment Weekly called the songs tantalizingly, brazenly eccentric art pop with Apple it's almost like the weirder the better However, Stylus Magazine described it as a rudderless piece of work and a bitterly disappointing listen. <laughs> Spin Magazine said it's kind of been done. And, <laughs> and Pitchfork, which I think you mentioned, uh, Miles, um, said the shame of it all is that Apple, after six years of silence, could have made a more definitive progressive statement rather than something familiar and similar. Yeah, that was it. That was partly based on, said, these bootleg versions uh, of the original album, because it was basically all recorded once and then re-recorded, and the bootleg version of the original album was very popular as... Oh, really? Well. Oh. Um, I think art pop actually suits it as a genre, doesn't it? That makes sense. Art pop. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've just looked there, not that this is overly that relevant, but she's like not on Instagram and stuff. Really? That kind of sums it up, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a bit le- not, not, not that I Instagram's don't, the way trust, forward, but don't it, trust it if they're not but, on Instagram. But we were kind of saying it's commercial, but then is it? You know, and then I don't think it really is. Is it? I don't know. It's, so she's, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued it's to find not, out more like, now. Mainstream. It depends what you mean by commercial, I suppose. Because you've got you've got your let's say for example, especially in America, you've got all these genre based charts. So you've got the the pop chart. Yeah. Uh, but you've also got the country chart, you've got rock chart, you've got the hip-hop chart, you've got all that kind of stuff. And there may be a, an element of going, well, you know, very successful in a lane, to use your phrase, rather than, is Fiona Apple having number one hit singles? Is she competing with Ed Sheeran? No. But does that mean she's not selling albums? What's your measure of commercial success, I suppose? I suppose the fact Billy and I haven't heard of her mm-hmm. is not saying that we're like musical wizards or anything, but I suppose shows that she she's perhaps a little more underground. Yeah, I didn't realise she had like Grammys and all stuff like albums of yeah. the year. You think you'd hear? But what she's got like three that. out of out of well, Martin said she probably would have had four out of five if it was done now. Yeah, mm. which must be in terms of a separate list of yeah. who's got the most. It should be like top twenty yeah. artists, four yeah. out of five albums in the yeah. top thing. I can see why she's like a critic's like favourite. Like I said, I think she's like a. I bet the musos love her for yeah. like her life. I think yeah, wait, yeah, also to get you know some credit to where we're coming from from this as well. As we've mentioned many times before, this is an American-based magazine mm. with an American-based list. And whilst we're saying, oh, you've won, you've won Grammys, we should have heard of you. The Grammys has got what hundreds of categories, mm. <laughs> um, and, and does, it's, it's not yeah. really at the top of our sort of media agenda. Is it who won the Grammys? Mm. You might see a bit of a story, no. but it's not like we're kind of falling over ourselves thinking, well, they've won Grammys, therefore they must be great. Yeah. Some of our favourite artists, certainly some of our most successful UK artists, will never win a Grammy mm. in yeah. their lives because 
America's looking for a different and I do thing. Get, I do so get, it doesn't necessarily, just by winning Grammys, doesn't mean we should have heard of that. And I do get the impression this list loves to be like, yeah, we're into like really eclectic yeah, stuff, yeah. like across all the boards. It's you pretty know? low down the list, remember. It's 444. Remembering how this sort of list is compiled. How would they have compiled the list? What do you say to people? Give us your one favourite album or the best album of all time and we use that to make the list or do they say, give us a list of your top 50 yeah. in order? Oh, and, then that, from, yeah. and then from that, they must because they must compile it somewhere, right? They've asked lots of people. Oh, do you think they did? I just yeah. thought it was like four people just all sat around oh, no. the table. No, 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 no. It's, lo- it's lots of people have been um, uh, asked Fine. to submit what their best whatever it was top 10 or best 50 or best one whatever it was and then okay. from that you collate all the votes so i imagine in this instance there will be lots of people who are mm-hmm. massively attached to fiona apple right so this is the best thing no doubt about it that's the best thing but not a lot of them yeah yeah. do, do, you, know, do you know what i mean it's so that'll kind of push it up the list that if you think fiona apple's great you really think fiona apple is great but there'll be other people who say, I just don't know who that is at all. So I suspect that's why you find her in positions like number 444, because it's not everybody thinks it's a great album, but the people that think it's a great album really think it's a great album. Which leads nicely onto why I'll give it probably a three if you're into this. If you're into this sort of thing, I'll tell you what, Miles. <laughs> shall we get into the scoring? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's give you ourselves nicely, though, let's give like, ourselves scores into this, for extraordinary machine. Yeah. You set that up nicely. Good segue. Because three isn't three. If you're into this sort of thing, then you'll love it. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, worth a listen, I think. So, uh, uh, two is okay if you like this sort of thing. So oh, that, that kind of say it's definitely in a lane. It's kind of, if you like this, it's good. But if you don't like this sort of thing, you're not going to like it. Whereas I think three is more, uh, you know, give it a go because you might love it or you might not. But it's it's worth checking out in order to. Yeah, I think it's worth checking out. out. Yeah, me too. Three. Yeah, I think three. Two threes? Yeah. Martha's okay. going to go five. Come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to go four. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go four. I, I think it's really, really interesting. I don't think it completely hangs together as an indispensable album. Nah. I think there are great bits on it. There are a couple of bits that are just... Strange and boring. Not quite there. That's my houses. I wasn't going to say boring. But there are definite, there are great songs on this and there are great arrangements on this and great productions on this. I think it's great. Oh, the drums are great. But it's not all of it. There's a couple of, yeah, it's all right. So I'm going to go for Ten. Ten's all right. Okay, so well done, Fiona Apple. We look forward to encountering you again in the future. Hi Fiona, if you're listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, do write in. What's your favourite fruit? Ring in. Send us a message. What's your favourite fruit, did you say? Yeah. yeah. It's just the apple, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Awful yeah. joke. I did, I did, I, yeah. yeah, and also I want to say I did get it. <laughs> yeah. But thanks for explaining it anyway. <laughs> right. Well done. That was uh that was album number one. Woohoo! Album number two, Eric B. and Rakim. From the 7th of July, 1987, it is their debut album, Paid in Full. Uh, 1987 facts. You want to guess the number one movie? 87. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Have a go. It's before your time now. It's a bit unfair. Back um, to the Future. 
No, that would have been 85, I think, but a good guess. We could go on for ages, couldn't we? Let's, we'll just be naming movies for the next <laughs> hour. Uh, the number one movie, July 87. Actually, it's quite hard to find the number one movie in the UK once you get back sort of 10 years. I don't know if they weren't keeping very good records or they just don't put it on the internet. I don't know. But it's quite hard to find because you can find out what the number one in America was, was yeah. Revenge, oh, really? of the, Revenge of the Nerds 2. What? Well, it's exactly what I thought. I thought. There's no way that was the number one UK movie. No I, I didn't even see Revenge of the Nerd one. I, I didn't even know there was a Revenge of the Nerds one. Uh, the number one movie. I reckon it was The Living Daylights, the uh, Bond movie. 87 it, it was it was released about two weeks before oh, we need to take Martin <laughs> down to a pub quiz man. Was, the Living Daylights the Living Daylights yeah Who, who's the one in that one? one Timothy Dalton that was his, the first Timothy Dalton one and his only one he it? only did one Dalton he did two he? Timothy Dalton yeah. who was the bomb Lic- that did one? License to Kill uh, George Lazenby that was, oh, that Lazenby. was 1969 Someone um, likes their bond. On Her Majesty's Secret Service which is referenced heavily in the most recent um, Bond movie No Time to Die would you back yourself, uh, Martin, pub quiz, James Bond, 10 questions, would you back yourself 10 right? Uh, nine. <laughs> it depends who's setting the questions. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll sign you know, up. We'll, sometimes we'll, you get these kind of pub on. quizzes and you go, yeah, I'd back, I'd back myself. And then, and then it's sort of mastermind level questions. You go, well, I know them quite well. I'm not, you know, who was <laughs> when the... When was George Lazenby's birthday? <laughs> who was the cinematographer yeah, on, uh, yeah, from yeah, Russia yeah. with Love? Not the first... <laughs> yeah, 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 cinematographer yeah, yeah. the second, the second one. one after oh, you got fired Christ no I wouldn't know that the number one album you'll like this one Billy it was uh, by Whitney Houston can you guess the name of the album Whitney Houston nearly Whitney, Whitney. it was called Whitney yes <laughs> self-titled <laughs> hate that uh, the UK number one single uh, was It's a Sin by the Pet Shop Boys who I've also discovered not the Pet Shop Boys at all As, again, Pet Shop Boys Pet Shop Boys yeah, yeah. Uh, in July 1987, the Wimbledon Women's Tennis Champion, uh, Martina Navratilova, her oh, eighth yes. Wimbledon singles title, beat Steffi Graf. Uh, mm-hmm. 1987 was the year that Pat Cash scored his only Grand Slam single success, beating Ivan Lendl in the final at Wimbledon. On July the 21st, 1987, Guns N' Roses' debut album, Appetite for Destruction, was the released. Debut. Yep. Uh, not only that, it becomes the best-selling debut album of all time, selling more than 30 million copies. What? Well... Uh, Kylie Minogue released her debut single Locomotion now again I think this is American biased I don't think Locomotion was her debut single it might have been in America but I'm pretty sure it wasn't I should be so lucky her debut single oh yeah I watched a documentary on her recently it was yeah so I think this is, uh, that might have been her debut single in America I think anyway there you go July and keeping a theme going from the last couple of weeks on July the 29th Ben and Jerry's and Jerry Garcia agreed their new flavour Cherry Garcia <laughs> so you can't get rid of the Grateful yeah. Dead at the moment nah. sorry you can't get rid of Grateful Dead at the, <laughs> <laughs> at the moment Jerry Garcia appeared now three weeks in a row uh, well done Jerry um, that was 1987 paid in full by Eric B and Rakim Rakim was the 80s greatest rapper and this album is the record that cemented his legend paid in full was one of the first hip-hop records to fully embrace 70s funk samples on stone hip-hop classics such as I Know You Got Soul and I Ain't No Joke, with a stark, chill, declamatory flow that broke from the sing-songy style of most rapping at the time. Rakim moved hip-hop from stories about the world of the hood to ones about the mind. Eric B. built the title track out of a luscious sampled bass line and Rakim recounted days of poverty when he had nothing but sweat inside my hand, a problem solved by this debut's platinum success. Peaked at number 58 on the Billboard 200 chart and produced five hit singles. 
credited as a benchmark album of the golden age of hip-hop. Rakim says he wrote the songs in approximately an hour while listening to the beats. He then recorded his vocals in the booth whilst reading his lyrics from paper. Rakim's relaxed delivery resulted from his jazz influences. He'd played the saxophone as a kid and was a big John Coltrane fan. In Rolling Stone's album guide of 2004, Sasha Freer-Jones called it one of hip-hop's perfect records. It has previously appeared at number 228 on the list twice and has risen up dramatically in the most recent list to number 61. Go, Miles. Go on. So I think when you start, it's a big claim, but I think that more than any other genre, when you start an 80s rap album, mm. you know it's an 80s rap album. So away. 80s, isn't it? <laughs> so I think more 80s. than any other genre, I think throughout the whole thing, you just, and to be fair, I don't know if I can use the word nostalgia because I wasn't alive. But it, <laughs> it, it, but, so, but it takes me to that place of 80s rap, which is great for me. I, I, um, I think... The simple answer to this, if you enjoy 80s rap, then you'll enjoy this album yeah. because it's so... Of that time. Of that time. Yeah. Like, the snare sound, I mean, yeah. Master, I'm sure you it was ridiculous. Like, you could Phil Collins. Like, like, <laughs> it was like, it was mental. <laughs> just crazy. The drum machine. You can hear it's made on a loop, can't you? you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And then the way in. they rap. Well, he's, a, yeah. he's, a, he's a scratch DJ, isn't he? That's yeah. what he's yeah. doing. He's, play, he's playing tracks yeah, 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 and scratching yeah, yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to the evolution of rap and where it is, you know, now and where it was back in sort of early noughties, it is literally like, the evolution yeah. you can't it's taken those those the steps. flow is so different now yeah and I it think is. if you rap like that nowadays i don't want to cheesy say like it's a bit amateurous now if you came at that, that now you, you can't have that, that flow yeah, yeah it's yeah, the yeah. same but it but i think we time. needed that you definitely it's so it's such an important album we needed that for this rap to but evolve. it doesn't really stand up to where it has come today because the actual like progression of it and i don't understand the word it does stand up still because it's so important could but. you say that against other genres though maybe like if you listen to a ballad from the 80s compared to a Adele ballad now yeah. do you think there's evolution there uh, you know equally mm. or do you think that still stands up you, you know like you listen to like a well like a Whitney like you just quoted like a Whitney ballad compared to a Adele there's there's I think I prefer the Whitney actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but you know what I mean yeah, yeah isn't yeah. it it all kind of has to evolve but I do it can almost be seen as a bit simple this rap yeah it seems a little bit cheesy doesn't it in place, I mean, and then Fresh Prince, the Will Smith, where he took that in the 90s, yeah. is like bridges the gap yeah, yeah, between yeah. then like the Dre's and the 50s yeah. and the, and the uh, you know, Nelly, etc. Mm. Just to quote all the, from the amazing Super Bowl performance. But I feel like you needed that 80s vibe and rap. And also yeah. it does set a nice tone. It's a bit yeah. more, um, well, because you had obviously NWA in the 80s, which I think was just after, it was 88. And that was more against like political, you know, talking about anti-police and, yeah. and political stuff. And I think this is more, like you said, it's more about the mind and things like that. And it's a bit more sort of like happy rap, I suppose. Yeah. But I don't mind that personally. I think yeah. it's quite fun. And, but yeah, my overriding feeling was that I would, it's a big claim, but out of any, like we've, we were just saying earlier with the Fiona Apple, you like, that could be taken from any time. Yeah. This is just like, you'd find that, it, yeah, someone would struggle, someone would <laughs> oh, it sounds like from the 60s, yeah, yeah. mate. Sounds like it's from the, you know, 2000s. You'd be like, yeah. that's so 80s. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, that was my overriding thing. But I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was good fun. And yeah, I enjoyed it. Cool. I think it's so important as well. I could just hear, I picked up two samples that the, um, was used for. Was the track, was it My Way? Oh, my melody, sorry. My melody. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
That, oh, yeah, check out my melody. Check check out my melody. That is used. My favorite song of all time is called "My Way" by Limp Biscuit, and oh, that is the intro part. Uh-huh. They've just done that, uh-huh. and he's actually scratched it. And then another one, I'm pretty sure uh, MF Doom uses like the scratch sample in it. So, and there's just there's just songs on there where Eric, it's just Eric B, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And they must been that must been sampled loads of times by different rappers. Yeah, and um, he's sampling other people before yeah. that as well, which is so which I can see interesting sort of like regeneration here and see the importance of it. So it's a lot yeah. of. Uh, so funky drama, James Brown samples on these mm. various other things yeah. that, are, that have become ubiquitous mm. and don't think had been ubiquitous yeah. prior to this. And, and I suppose... The, I just you wanted know, to use the word ubiquitous yeah. twice. I suppose I, I probably should have Googled this first, Martin, with the man of all knowledge. You might be able to uh, tell. But this was surely like, in terms of like, we look at the evolution of rap now. And of course, like, you know, we love rappers and, and where the rap genre is but these guys you know one of the first to to to, to, yeah. to, to start Rakim rapping, is right? like, like like the og rapper and he's like right. yeah so it's like the granddaddy you know? yeah yeah so that's always interesting to see to listen to something that actually like almost started a genre yeah. effectively and yeah what do you think martin do you like it no <laughs> that's 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 not quite right the thing you're talking about the cheesy and the nostalgia we it's funny that we we had a similar ish discussion about van halen didn't we about a kind yeah. of sounding very dated like so it sounds really cheesy like this has all been done before and then we're having to kind of acknowledge but they probably did it first yeah, yeah. It's, awesome. it sounds yeah. cheesy now similar because we've heard it so much since but before this it hadn't been done and at the time it came out it wasn't yeah because nobody had heard it before didn't we talk about De La Soul as being sort of the first act to use samples yeah. you heavily 89 I think was it De La Soul, De La Soul was 89 wasn't it um and then I thought, because this, well, this is using samples. And then I thought, yeah, but using them in a different way. This is kind of more like sort of scratching off of off of record kind of yeah. stuff. So it's kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. playing the beats and then rapping over the top of yeah. them rather than actually taking the samples and popping them into the track. Yes. Yeah, so it's maybe a different thing. But I just had that thought. Yeah, I think the sort of cheese factor perhaps for me, I be, I remember a little bit um, Paid and Full coming out when, when it came out. That was the one that I remember, the actual track itself. I don't really remember hearing much else. That was probably the, the bigger hit in the UK. But interesting, as you're talking about things being sampled, there were big hits that came after that that were using samples from this. Yeah. So Pump Up the Volume, the, the big track by Mars, which was a huge hit in the UK, I think was only a few months after, and was lifting a sample of yeah. uh, Rakim Pump Up the Volume, right? Mm-hmm. Singing Pump Up the Volume on uh, Paid in Full. As I was writing down notes about this, I was thought, and I thought, I know this is wrong to say this, but I have to say it like that kind of cheesy. Why don't I like this? What does it remind me of? And it is like, oh, this sounds like Will Smith, and I'm really sorry about this, Rakim Vanilla Ice, <laughs> because they were clearly picking up on that flow, that yeah. that style, and using that. I thought that that sort of rap style very much the sort of Fresh Prince. Yes. Um, type style, which he's obviously got from Rakim, right? That's, that's 100%. come from there. And Vanilla Ice as well. I think that's sort of early, right, 1990, It was 91. like the next step on the evolution, wasn't it, of rap? This was like, yeah. if Rakim sort of... I think he's even list, lifted um, lines from Rakim as well. I think right. there was, uh, somebody did, Serious Like Cancer was a, was a phrase that I picked up, which yeah. I think got used in a, was it Snap or something like oh. that? Um, we're picking, obviously picking up lines and repeating them later on. So some of this sounded familiar but from somewhere else yeah and i kind of had to appreciate that kind of 
This came I, first. I, I, this came first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I found it. Do you know? Have we had this discussion before? When you think about things, I really feel that as a sort of a lover of music, a respecter <laughs> of talent, as a music producer and all that kind of thing, that you think I should really like this because it's supposed to be good, <laughs> but I don't. And I just yeah. have to acknowledge that I don't like everything. I thought I was just like, like it did more. nothing for me. It was just like, oh, yeah. Do you know, we said like with, with last week with the uh, D'Angelo album. I said when it finished, I was like, oh, <coughs> yeah. yeah. With this one, I literally went, oh, thank God. Yeah, I don't Especially have to, I don't have to one, listen like to some of the Eric B stuff. I just went on and on and on. It was just that. Yeah, I, I, I think you make a good point, Martin. Perhaps this is like one of those one which. Um, like Van Halen is respected because it's the first of its time. Yeah. But perhaps this is because it was I, it was through my sort of like growing up, but the absolute heyday of rap, and I think this was only epitomised from the Super Bowl, was 90s, early noughties of Dre, yeah. Snoop Dogg, Nelly. Yeah. Uh, well, we could, we could name hundreds and hundreds, 50 Cent, etc. Eminem. But I don't know if that's because it was of my time. So I'm, what I'm saying is that someone who was into rap music who was maybe 16, 17 when this came out, they must, they might say, oh no, that was the heyday of yeah. rap. Yeah. But well, they call this, this literally has been called the golden age of hip hop, which is actually a thing. Apparently you can look up, you know, articles about the golden age of hip hop. I said, hip hop is probably the biggest show in the world. 85 yeah. to 90, yeah. I think something like that. Just like you said about the Van Halen, the hats have to come off a little bit to be like, well, they've kind of started the, to talk about, their own lane. They started the lane. They started the race. Mm. Um, so that deserves credit, I suppose. Like you're into your rap. What would you, yeah. how would you say it's stacked up to like other rap music that you like? I appreciate the importance of it, but I wouldn't go back and listen to it. It's not my sort of cup of tea of, there's so many genres within rap as well. Yeah. And I yeah, like yeah. the more like hardcore sort of yeah. stuff. And Is there a relationship a little bit, and I just had this thought, is there a relationship a little bit like say Chuck Berry to the Beatles? Yeah. In yeah. that, without Chuck Berry, you don't have the Beatles. Yeah, but you'd listen to the Beatles seems, more than you, you know, and what they did in sort of the, a good the music point. thing would yeah, be yeah. generated. And same with Eric B and Rip Keem. Without them, you don't get everything else. No, but everything else took that and went. Well, that's yeah. better. Yeah, definitely. I would say that the heyday of sort of hip hop rap mm. was those years, and it's actually it hasn't improved since. Personally, yeah. Would you agree or not? I'm a big fan of like nineties rap. Yeah, like Biggie and all that. Yeah. See, I, I wonder if we were doing this in 20 years, if we'd listened to Biggie, Tupac, etc., would be like, oh, that sounds so cheesy and dated and things. But I don't think we will. No. This has, like I say, I opened up, you asked, what are they, this is such like, you need to hear two bars in your 80s, yeah. 80s rap. And so I think, and like we're all laughing about that. That takes you, to, it yeah. takes you to an immediate place. I think it's such a resurgence of 90s, 90s stuff now. Yeah. Like of, um, of their flows, like especially in that as well, and the beats. You don't hear that scratching so much now, do no. you? That kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was such a thing for a yeah. while. Such, you, yeah. you don't get so much yeah. of that anymore. Because you don't get DJs on decks anymore, so they don't do but it. But you're so right to make the reference of Will Smith. I thought the same. I thought, like, uh, I bet they're a massive influence for him yeah. because it, he just, yeah, that that came to my mind. I bet but, all their hip-hop like, heads are probably, like, shouting us. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. You don't understand. <laughs> but that, that, I've said that before about, you know, with the Chuck Berry thing as well. You know, tell, yeah. tell, us, tell us why we're wrong. No, I'm, we are I'm, right about that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely but, would, but as we've said before, I would love to hear from people who are listening to this podcast and maybe going, <laughs> I know, but the Eric B and Rakim. Okay, just t tell us a bit what your thoughts are on it if you disagree with us, because I just couldn't really get into it. Track two is just scratching. There's no vocal on it. <laughs> and it goes on for about six minutes. Yeah. And then track three was that Check Out My Melody, which I thought, is this an ironic title? 
Where's the melody? Where is the actual melody? There isn't a melody. What am I supposed to be checking out? Maybe it, maybe it is deliberately ironic. Paid in yeah. full sounds like it's from a different album. Yeah. Like you get to that track and all of a sudden there's loads going on with that. The number of samples that are used on yeah. that, the way that the music is used, the way that the lyrical flow is used, it's completely different from yeah. the rest of the album. Yeah. I'm a, that's how I felt. I was like, it came on. I was like, what happened? Yeah. Is this, has this been remixed does it mean what, what is the difference because it just stands out a mile as far as i was concerned it's hard to really like dislike this it's just no. got that like like i said again nostalgia it's got that feel you're like oh yeah nice nice yeah. nice <laughs> yeah personally it's not going to be one that i play play over and over again but now we've done a bit of history on it, i can yeah. definitely appreciate oh yeah definitely 100%. appreciate how it started it yeah. kicked off you know this form of hip-hop and rap and things mm. for della mm. soul to come mm. um and now you can go, oh, I know where they got that from. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, rather yeah. than kind of not really appreciating that. But it'd be interesting if we had Dr. Dre here, maybe one day we will. If we had, <laughs> if we had Dr. Dre here, uh, Eminem, and we said, what do you think about this album? I bet they loved it. I yeah, bet this 100%. was like why they got into hip hop rap potentially. Um, have you got a quote there? No, I just think oh. it's interesting, and I hadn't thought of this. It's funny that, uh, it, coincidentally, we were talking about this. Uh, Mike Elizondo, who produced the Fiona Apple album, had previously been working with 50 Cent, Dr. Dre and Eminem. Oh, wow. another link. There you go. I think for what it was, I think it, if, we, if we're, you know, if we're moving on to scores, I think for what it is, it, um, for, so for what it potentially started, I mean, we could be wrong here. People might be listening going, there was a, there was a, big sort of rap hip hop sample album in 1982 but yeah. mm. but um but let's assume this there with first and if so i think they deserve a, a good three from me <laughs> a good three <laughs> oh, he slicked in a score again with <laughs> <laughs> not, yet, not yet not yet oh, sorry, not sorry, yet sorry, did I rush not it? Yet. Sorry. oh god you've spoiled it sorry sorry Gone too soon <laughs> so it did make number 61 on the list as i said it's shot up from previous positions at 228 so it's a top 100 album, mm. but what did we think? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it, it I deserves as a score. Yeah, you know. I reckon, you know, I, hey? I reckon I know what you can score it. I'm going <laughs> to give it a five. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give it a strong, uh, a, a strong three. Certainly, I mean, look, like Martin, you hit the nail on the head. If they were like Van Halen, if they were the first to start this era then the, of, of music that we all love now, then they deserve yeah. maybe even a four, but I'll go yeah. for a three because am I going to rush to listen to it again? No, but does it, do I appreciate what it did? Yes. So three. I'll give it a week three. <laughs> no, it's three. No, it's only three. Six. Worth, worth a listen, you said. I'm going to go, I, just, I mean, for me, it has to be the score that I would give it, which is two, which I think I'll get, if you like this sort of thing, it's good. Yeah. But if it's not for you, I found it hard work. I wanted to like it more, but almost from the first 30 seconds, I was like, oh dear. Which is unusual. It is unusual. I think I'm you know, being fair to myself. Unusual that I don't take that. And it, it probably, and all honestly, funnily enough, having done the Funeral Apple one, which I thought, oh, this is probably the most interesting and for that reason, enjoyable album that we've done so far. This I found the hardest work. Yeah, I think definitely to listen to. So yeah, I'm going to go for a two, guys. Eight. Good. So that was our albums for this week, and in just a couple of seconds, we will decide on our albums oh, for most, next week. It's my favourite part. Right. So it is now time to select two albums from our list for next week. Two albums randomly selected by Billy Hillsies. Hillsies? Is that how you say that? Billy Hillsies. 
houses. <laughs> Billy Hills. Oh, yeah. It's like Billy deer, Hills. It's just like hills. It's just you have the apostrophe. Hills. You have the apostrophe yeah. after. Yes, that's yeah. classic. Um, oh, miles as Billy well. Billy Hills. Um, random number generator. Ready? Two hundred forty-five. <laughs> We've had that. Two, have we? What? Have we? I recognise it. <laughs> have we had it before? No, we have not had this before, but I think it will be a good listen for various reasons, which will become clear in a minute. 245 is an album called Heaven or Las Vegas. By, I don't know. Go on. Oh, I thought you were going to have it. By the Cocteau Twins. Oh, oh I'm looking forward to that. Vocals by Elizabeth Fraser, who sang, of course, on uh, albums by Massive Attack. Attack. Teardrop. Yeah, yeah Teardrop, yeah. Because I, I noticed that we've been speaking about generally in terms of the sort of production work yeah, that you're doing, wasn't it? Kind of that, that sort of style. Um, nice. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one very much. Another Scottish band as well. They used to. Uh, she they sings were, songs in just like gibberish as well, doesn't she? As to begin with, she did, yeah. I've got a couple of. That's uh, Scottish I've got a I nearly I'm missed that one. <laughs> I nearly missed that. I might have only caught that on the on the playback. Like, what, did, what did he just say? <laughs> I did catch that. Two hundred eighty-three. Oh no, we're both we're two, both two hundred. Two hundred. They, they seem to be good. Number two hundred eighty-three is "Bad Girls" by Donna Summer. Oh, has that caught? Is that is that? I mean, I love Donna Summer. Uh, 1970s disco classic. I'm going to say. Yeah, has that got? Look, um, has so that yeah, got the hits on. Oh no. Well, Bad Girls was definitely our, our hit. Eighth studio album. Good grief. Eight. How did you, how did you have Do eight you like albums Donna out Summer? by 1979? I don't really know. Oh, you will. Absolute disco. Giorgio Moroder. It's the it's the hot stuff. I feel love. You know, you must know that. I don't think that's on that's, there. But that's not on this. That's the hit. Uh, hot stuff. You know that one from? Yeah, uh, that of was a big hit from uh, the Full Monty, wasn't it? They, uh, oh yeah, was a, was oh, a, that a, isn't that revised big hit from that. So yeah, that's it's one great. to uh, definitely de- definitely. I, think, I don't think we've done it. We've not done disco yet, have we? No, but I feel love. I think is the most sampled in film. The most songs sampled in films. Oh, okay. I feel love. How's that I going? feel love. <laughs> you can't play it, we'll get sued. <laughs> you can only if you play it. That's on the album. Not playing at all. That's okay. a good week. Trust good. me, that's a good week. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting. Quite different. Both female vocalists. So, uh, <laughs> so they've already scored three from me. <laughs> yeah. Martin, even, without, even without hearing them. <laughs> <laughs> Put an envelope under the door. Five. <laughs> okay, look forward to that next week. Thank you again, guys. Cheers, boy. Uh, that Thanks, has Martin. been the Apollo Audio Podcast for this week, episode 14, I think we've just done. Uh, do uh, do the, all the stuff, the like and subscribe, at the uh, wherever you're liking and subscribing. Send us a comment. Send us a rating. Yeah. Tell us if you like the show. Tell us if... You, no, don't tell us if you don't like the show. We don't want to know if you don't like the show. If you don't like the show, just don't listen. <laughs> we don't need to know. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the Apollo Audio Podcast. We will be back next week. See you then. Bye. Hey, baby. Bye. Must have a friend who called them vinyls. Do you call them vinyls? Is he a bit simple? No, I think he was, <laughs> I think he was, just, I think he was just annoying. <laughs> no, but I noticed... It's vinyl, isn't it? Vinyl, yeah. yeah. I've literally never heard it. There used to be a shop in Edinburgh called Vinyl Villains, which is what everybody would call it, of course, except him. would call it Vinyl Villains. <laughs> Shop. That's really weird. <laughs> All right, Heaven and Last Vegas. by the right if you yeah. look at the word. Shut up! No, so, it's not. There's no E in it, though, is there? Vine, all, vin, 
<laughs> English language doesn't work that way. You can't, work, you can't work it out from how it looks. Yeah, I was just trying to see what, why it was such a <laughs> nutter. It always confused me, the... Why? It's just, how, how is it the T-H-E? I know what you mean, T-H-E, it should be the. Yeah. The. The. God, the. you can edit this out, Martin. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people would be like, these, these are my favourite bits. Yeah. 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 This, yeah. This is the bit that goes on the uh, on the promo video. The. What do you mean? Okay, that was number the, one. The, number the Apollo Audio, I can't talk the Apollo Audio podcast from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, next one. Yes, next week's entomology podcast is all about. <laughs> well, uh, okay. We've got some really nice words this week. Second, I'm still being so asinine and get yeah. on with it. <laughs> Good use, yeah. like it. Nice context. Are you sure you forgive me?